Hi everybody, this is a podcast that Wiley and I, Kevin, recorded on April 28th, 2018 during an LAX layover on route to our week-long vacation in Hawaii. And uh, we are live. This is uh, the first inaugural podcast. Uh, It's just myself and Kevin. Kevin, why don't you say hi? Hey, this is Kevin. Who is that on the other line? Uh, I think, think it's Wiley. I'm looking at you right now, dude. So, uh, okay. Just for the folks who aren't with us right now, where are we right now, Wiley? We are currently in one of the terminals at LAX. Uh, we were able to find a nice secluded spot, actually, to do this. Because one of my fears, well, maybe not a fear, but uh, a general sense of awkwardness. You know, it's like if you kind of just start doing a podcast in the middle of a, you know, a bunch of people... You know, I don't know. I, I felt I felt a little weird about it, so I'm glad we were able to find the space here. Um, I think this will actually turn out pretty nice. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think podcasts are good to kind of observe, like a one-on-one conversation or like a two-on-one conversation. But the funny thing is, like the podcast that we were pretty much ready to record um, at previous gates involved a lot of interesting conversations that were probably more interesting than ours, right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, we saw some Asian dude and his and his young son. I'm gonna guess the dude was Korean. Uh, don't quote me on it, but uh, that feels he, unfair. Hey, man, you know as well as I do. I have a very keen eye for these things. So, my hypothesis is that he was Korean. I could be wrong. What did your keen ear tell you? Uh, well, my keen ear told me he had a very good American accent. So, unable to tell or distinguish nationality based off uh, his speech. So I had to use more visual clues, you know. But uh, it's funny, he came in with the son, bought his son some sort of like Starbucks drink, and immediately ignored his son for the next like hour and a half to talk on the phone. So uh, yeah, he, he, still, he was talking something like some business, you know. It's like he was mentioning like money and assets, things like that. Yeah, in one moment he was quite subservient when leaving a message. And the other quite the barker yeah yeah i i yeah i I, honestly he just seems like your stereotypical like deloitte-pad yeah like asian american dad totally see him yeah at a place like deloitte as like manager senior manager partner whatever so you know obviously you know i'm good for him man you know he seems seems to be doing well for himself yeah well what's what do you think is a more interesting airport conversation that you might have heard before or a more interesting incident that we then, uh, what we would have observed before. Well, I, I do have something that did come up was I was in an airport somewhere. I forget where exactly, but I went to use the bathroom and um, I was just in the regular urinal stall. And then I see like this man and his son walk in to the bathroom and. Uh, so I think the man had to take a dump, so he went into like one of the one of the like you know toilet stalls, brought his son in there with him, and uh, all was quiet for a few moments, and then all of a sudden you could hear like the kid trying to unlock the door on the stall, and the dad was like, "No, stop that!" And then uh, I think the dad was unable to stop his son from opening the door. So the door popped open and you could just see this dude like taking a shit and like his son like in front of him. Uh, so I guess that had to be kind of like one of the more interesting things I'd say. Um, 
which kind of goes to, you know, like, uh, like uh, being a dad is cool and all, but I suppose these are the sorts of things that, you know, may deter someone from ever being a dad or having kids, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I think for us, probably too young to, to, to say at this point, but um, certainly, you know, you, you see these things and you think to yourself, wow, well, if I'm ever a father, this is, this is the sort of shit I have to deal with, so... When do you think is the right time for fatherhood, Wiley? We're talking about airports, but you've touched on something that I think the world wants to know a lot more yeah, about. The world wants to hear my opinions on fatherhood. Uh, well, yes, I certainly have a few points to speak on this matter. Um, you know, it probably never is the right time, but definitely, like, you know, you, you hear about these, like, you know, teenagers or, like, very young adults, like, with kids, and that just sounds like a horrible idea like you don't even have a job you don't have any source of like stable income most likely you're still depending on your parents and now you want like want to have a kid you know i think like listen like having a kid is you know fantastic but you really do need to understand the level of responsibility and financial commitment that you know, a kid has, like, you know, people just think, like, oh, I'm going to pop out a kid, and, you know, well, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be great, or she's going to be great, and then you think, well, you got, well, when the kid's an infant, you got to, like, get all the diapers, and, like, child care, blah, 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 and then, like, start thinking further down the line, like, you got to, like, find a good school, pay for college, blah, 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 like, it's a lot, like, but I think, right, like, I don't know, like, maybe some, some young kids, or some young parents, they don't, necessarily think that far ahead and they're like all right fuck it we're gonna have a kid and then like the kid pops out and they're like oh shit how do we support the kid and then it's like that's not fair to the fucking kid because now like right it's like like, it has it it, it, it has to depend on his parents and if the parents aren't able to take care of it i'm sorry not it him or her well that's just a bad situation for all people involved i feel your thoughts very poignant um I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have the experience that lets me speak so authoritatively as you might have over the past minute or two. Well, I mean, wh- uh, how about your experience with, the, with your dad? Like, do you feel that, you know, your dad was ready to have you when he had you? Or, like, I mean, well, that you can certainly speak to, I, I would imagine. I guess I hear a lot of people say, like, you, you're never ready for it and it just happens and you just do it. But then this also comes from the generation that was like popping kids out as they were like crossing rivers in like their underwear trying to escape some kind of godforsaken country, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that brings up a good point because I guess maybe like back then during I suppose like you know when the baby boomers were you know in their twenties or whatever, you know a, a simple job at the local factory could be enough to support you, your wife, and a family, right? Like. You know, back then, you know, there are plenty of those jobs, you know, the pay was not bad. And like I said, right, you could support a family. But now it's like, especially if you're living in, you know, a place like New York or another large suburban city, you know, like that is no longer the case, right? Things are just significantly more expensive. So that could be a reason, right? Like why back then, you know, like people were less worried because they knew that, you know, like they could support themselves on like, regular job right now it's like if you want to like have your kids to have a good life and like you know afford them the best of things well the local job at the factory isn't going to cut it if there is even a job at the local factory at all so 
it sounds like it really is a partnership. You need two folks, and especially in this century, it's not necessarily a man and a woman. It could be a man and a man. Definitely. I don't want to. I don't want to drive you down that path right now because I think that's a that's a topic we can discuss later at night tonight. Uh, certainly, certainly. But um, what would be kind of the ideal stereotype you would have for your female partner, presumably? Female partner. Uh, As you undergo all these commitments, all these duties, I mean, you can pick any kind of attribute. You can pick job. You can pick background. What do you think is most important for you? What would you make sure to have? You know, at the end of the day, you want someone who is relatively similar in values as, as you, right? I mean, she... You know, I mean, right? Like, it, it doesn't have to be like exact, but it has to be someone in the ballpark, right? And you know, like ballpark. What kind of ballpark are we talking about? Well, for example, right? Let Let's say, um, like, if I make, or hypothetically, like, if someone makes like X thousand dollars a year, you know, like, there probably comes a point where you are unwilling to accept someone who makes significantly less than you because well I, I certainly you know special circumstances can can make things different but like if she's making like significantly less then you're forced to kind of support her as well right and it's like and that's something that i feel you know maybe depends on a person but i feel most people like aren't willing to do um or right like if you came from a very you know maybe middle class or upper class background you know suddenly dating or you know, someone who you know comes from like very lower class, for you maybe it would be hard to sort of understand each other. So like, so like yeah, so like ballpark right is just that it's just like a ballpark like you know, it's like a relative estimate. But I think like it's kind of those things where like you know when the person is in the ballpark and when the person is outside the ballpark. So um, this actually brings up uh, an interesting article I read somewhere. So, with the prevalence of, like, online dating, and I see Kevin is now taking a photo of me, I assume to put on Facebook later, which is totally fine. You know, we need as much marketing material as we can get. Um, Yeah, so the prevalence of online dating, you know, especially, you know, there are now more specialized apps, you know, such as, I'm not sure if, you know, any of you guys have heard of, you know, The League, which is like someone, some it's a dating app where you kind of have to apply and, you know, they kind of, you know, base you, base whether you get in on like, you know, your LinkedIn profile, your job, your education, your background, whatever. And so this article is talking about like how these sort of apps are essentially, you know, uh, bridging, well, not bridging, actually, like further dividing like the income gap and the inequality between you know the highly educated wealthy folks and perhaps the low educated um not so wealthy folks because like i said right you want to find someone who's like in your ballpark and you know so you so ideally you know these apps make it easy for you to do so and then if you guys do get married or whatever now you're kind of like joining two wealthy you know, sort of incomes together to make a super wealthy income, whatever, right? And so now you can, if you can just imagine in your mind, right, like now the shift is going bigger because the rich will and educated will, you know, 
date and marry other rich educated people and then potentially you know the lower educated not so rich people will essentially maybe have no choice but to marry other not so educated you know low-income people and then you know so they start just like drifting apart um so i thought that was actually kind of interesting because you know not sure for you kevin right but like you know coming from more of like an asian background you know i'm sure you know my parents also have some expectations for you know what my potential like wife or girlfriend you know should be like right and a lot of it probably has to do with you know education and income and potentially even status right um so yeah i mean i feel like i've talked a lot about this how do you feel kev it's funny that you mentioned those factors and like how the well-educated and the wealthy tend to kind of mate together right yeah that also explains i thought like why are we so why are we so so ugly it's a part of that as well think about it like when you think about like wait what right right like think about like when you when you want to match like let's say like two very high status folks so you have like your billionaire hedge fund manager and then you have like his spouse who you would imagine is like i don't know someone who's like she's like a high-powered lawyer or whatever right Mm -hmm. but they usually seek in a mate someone that fits their ideal status wealth okay looks as well right especially when men are looking at women i'm not sure about women looking at men like we, we have no idea what they're thinking but i would imagine it follows the same thought process yeah like you you would need some kind of like minimum score for that yeah. if you want to say yep and so we see not only do the wealthy continue marrying the wealthy and getting wealthier the good looking continue marrying the good looking and like when you think about school too like good looking kids tend to do better so true but i would argue there are certainly cases where right let's say the billionaire hedge fund manager is actually quite ugly or maybe not ugly but average looking but because he is a billionaire and he runs a billion dollar plus hedge fund he's actually able to get hotter girls right so i think there's also that aspect where i'm sure we've all seen like instances where like we walk down the street or whatever we see some like schlup who you know looks ugly or just looks average but with like you know a stunning girlfriend or wife or partner or whatever and you know does it, maybe the guy has a really good game certainly um you know props to him if he does um but it's also very likely that he has a lot of money or he is you know very famous or he knows a lot of people and you know like so i don't i don't think necessarily that yeah like that the ugliness or good looking stuff is more of a play here right because like you can use a lot of guys or even women potentially can use you know either their money or other things to offset their looks so okay that's fair um yeah obviously like each each person has like a a different set of criteria that they want to fill um whether it's just like raw i'm attracted to someone or let's weigh that with other factors like where are they from blah 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 right yeah but like yeah true but like if you're thinking i guess more long term you would be very foolish to only consider looks into that equation right i mean it's up to each person how much their decision weighs what element but um, since we're in the airport anyway, let's talk about one of those elements, which is occupation. So at least in Korea, 
when you ask like your typical man like what is like your what are you smelling what is the like my the, finger the typical, i think it has cholula sauce on it which you fell in love with it is it is quite hour. tasty I'm a, i must admit if you ask a random person in korea or like a random dude in korea if you survey them and ask like what occupation would be your ideal o- occupation of a woman to marry what would that be hint I, we're in an airport so if you're asking me and based off your hints i don't know flight attendant correct that's usually like number one if not top three occupation that a man would desire in a woman why traditional korea why is that what do you think uh i don't know it implies that the girl has been to many places and also i would imagine in korea the standard for being a flight attendant is probably higher. You probably have to be more good looking. Uh, I think the case is probably that's famously good looking. Yeah, like that's the case in Asia, more so than America. So like, if the chick is an air flight attendant, she passes passes some sort of threshold of attractiveness, right? So that'd be my guess. Yeah, high bar for admission to be a flight attendant. It's competitive. They're beautiful by. You know that's kind of the requirement for their job. They're going to be well mannered, um, and depending on the man, they're also going to be away for most of the year. Ah, yes, that is true. Um, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, in uh, what you, is, was what you're trying to say, Kevin, is that in Korean society, a lot of a lot of dudes have a side woman is that what you're saying i've never lived in korea society so i want to preface that um but no it's not really a but it's just you know i I like quickly googled or neighbored or whatever this fact but i can see like for folks who are less interested in fidelity than perhaps me or perhaps even you um that could be something appealing or something that brings them to flight attendants that's true but i'd be curious to also know then you know do on the other side of the table does a girl know that like yeah like i'm probably gonna get cheated on by this guy do you think girls in korea are aware of this how faithful do you think these women would want to be on the other hand as well well i don't know like you know i certainly there's probably like a broad spectrum but I mean, I, I I would tend to think that the woman would be more faithful than the guys. But then again, I, I I'm not Korean, nor have I lived in Korea, so I'm not I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I mean, when you go to Asia and talk to anybody, even the word condom, I'm sure will, you know, it'll get you booted out of any store when you think about it. Just the, the society is like at least superficially very conservative. Fair, fair. So what's the point you're trying to make? We'll, n- we'll never know, is what I'm saying. Oh, you won't know? Okay. Yeah, well. I mean, I'm not part of that society, but um, just wanted to see what you would think if your partner was a flight attendant. Overall, yes or no? Uh, y- you know, like, uh, for me, I would actually want to see the partner as much as possible. So, you know, probably flight attendant, not my first choice. Um... But, right, it, it, like, it all depends, right? Well, not necessarily clingy, but, right, if the person's not there for most of the week, 
it just sucks, right? It's kind of like doing a long distance thing, you know, like, uh, we all know how long distance things work out. Uh, they don't. So, um, I would prefer, you know, if the person wasn't away for most of the time. But right, I mean, it depends. Like, if, you know, I really like the girl, then sure, you know, things can happen, right? But I'm saying ideally, probably not my top choice. Also, yeah, like the flight attendants here, not the most attractive. Where Where is here? Where I guess America, the West. The you West. Know, you know, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, definitely, definitely not. Do you have any experiences with flight attendants you'd want to share? Well, yeah, I mean, just going along the same lines, uh, and you know, I, 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 I like to preface my story here with. You know, I'm not, I I don't mean to offend any flight attendants. You know, like, you know, I have nothing against them. They're all ears. They're all yeah. They're all. I'm sure they're all great human beings. But there have a few. There were a few instances, especially on like American uh, airline sort of companies, where you can visibly see that the flight attendant is like in her 60s and 70s. But she's wearing like a ton of makeup, and overall the effect is very ghastly. And you know, you look at her, and it's like, so you know, you kind of get that thing. And it's like, you think yourself, like, listen, honey, you're like you're 60, 70. Like, why are you wearing so much makeup? It just like stop. It just looks horrible. And it's like, you you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's just. Saturday, very fucking scary, man. Like, you know, like if I'm being poured coke or whatever, like to be, yeah, it's like it's just it's just it's just not good. It kind of ruins your appetite, if you know what I mean. Um, so, so yeah, so like nothing more in detail to share there, but just some some bad experiences where you know, like there the flight attendant was just simply too old and like like what's going on here? What's going? On? Yeah, like I'd like to know like why. Are these domestic airlines in America hiring like these sort of folks? Like they should know their audience. It's a wonderful um, comment there. I would say I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Let's say, for example, I'm on Korean Air. I'm going to Incheon. It's 14 hours. I got a seat. Um, I'm afraid to look at some of these flight attendants in the eye. They're so beautiful, Kevin. Uh, listen, buddy. If you cannot look at a flight attendant in the eye in a very purely platonic manner, things things do not bode well for you in other in other venues where you imply platonic on both ends. Well, yeah. I mean, you you don't even know this. You should have seen the way she looked at me. Oh yeah, Kevin. Are you saying that uh, there there was some something there, some chemistry, perhaps? I didn't want to give her the wrong sign. Could have uh, could have taken it further, huh? Could have gotten the what old cacao talk ID. If you were in my spot. Well, first of all, I would see if she's if she was actually interested, right? Because like you have, to, you have to realize, Kev, like these people are being paid to like be friendly and you know say nice things about you, right? It's like that's part of their job description. So it's like hard to tell if it's just them being doing their job or them actually liking you, right? So you know that's where you know. What I would do if, like, if if I were actually really interested in girls, like, 
somewhere along the flight, you say it's 14 hours, so plenty of time there. You know, go to the back where she's like she might be like taking a break, if she's alone. You know, try to like strike up some conversation. You know, and see where that takes you. Um, but you know, like especially right, like you have to. I feel you got to get used to interacting with hot girls. You know, and you know, flight attendants like on the plane, right? Like they're there to like pour you drinks and serve you food. So for you to like talk to them should actually shouldn't be a scary thing, right? Because like it's not like you're at the nightclub and it's like oh shit, you know, like fuck, you know, yeah, you're on a plane, like oh hi, hello, how's it going, blah blah blah, you know, I'd like fucking coke with lemon, whatever, right? It's like you know, like you can try like train yourself up um, so that right, like if you are ever in the nightclub, uh, potentially octagon, right? If you're in Seoul, you know, you'll be less. T- you know, afraid to talk to the hot girls. So. You have been to Octagon, right? I have been there once. Yes, it's quite large. Tell us more about your Octagon experience. Were you able to to speak as smoothly as you do now in front of well, me? Well, definitely not. I I don't speak Korean. I was only there for yeah, like I said, one night. Um, and yeah, I I, I honestly. And, and this, I have to admit, this was also quite a number of years ago as well. So I was just there, I was just, you know, observing the scenery, taking it all in. Um, it, it, it is tough, like, if you don't speak Korean, to be honest, like, because most of them, I'm sure they can speak a certain level of English, p- potentially, but doing so at the club, uh, it, it, it's hard. So, um, So, yeah, so if you're Korean, though, no excuses. Looking at you, Kevin. How would you compare Mission to arguably... Yeah, not even comparable. Okay. Come on now. Mission is, like, you go there because in New York there's no other place to go. But, like, if you're in Seoul, you want to go to Octagon. Like, that's the place to be, you know? Like, big, big difference, I'd say. Have you heard anything, given we're in LAX right now, about the LA nightlife? Is there anything here that you'd be interested in checking out? Uh, that's a good question. I would love to check out the LA nightlife. To be honest, I I, I haven't been here that much, so you know I haven't I haven't even had the food. You know, the only time I was here um, when not in the company of my parents was uh, a few years ago for this Ascend conference, and so didn't get to really go out too much because you know uh, there are always like events to do the next day and things like that Uh, but yeah I would love to check out like I don't know I heard like Hollywood Boulevard has some good clubs or whatever Um, it'd be nice to also just check out like the overall vibe right like New York the nightlife scene has a certain sort of vibe it'd be nice to see what the LA nightlife has to be honest how would you describe the New York vibe maybe an easier way is to like compare it to another city that you feel like you know well maybe even check Uh, out I don't know, it's like, I guess the vibe in New York is, you know, I think there's like, there are two types of sort of like clubs in New York, right? You have the high-end club where people go to like, to be noticed, and you know, um, so they wear like, all their best clothes. But they're not there to really have fun or socialize. They're just there to, like, be noticed and they can look at me, 
you know, in my $5,000 suit or whatever, whatever. Um, and it's not, it's not there to be a very social thing, right? They're there because they want to show off and be, be looked at or whatever. But then there's also certainly some places where people are there to just have a good time and chill. And, you know, like that's where it's e- it would be easier to, you know, to talk to people. Because um, they're just in that mindset of, you know, I'm not here to, like, be a hard ass, you know. I, you know I'm just here to have fun with my friends. And, um, you know, in those places, you know, they'll be more open to, you know, meeting new people and talking and chatting and things like that. Um, you know, so to be honest, like, I, I, it's not really, like, a comparison. You know, back in back in, in Asia, it's, it's, it's different, right? In Asia, it's mostly table service. Um, you need to have some amount of money potentially to, you know, to, to, I don't know. Like I feel there, yeah. Things revolve more about the table service. Not to say that you know there's certainly a lot of clubs with you know dance floors and stuff like that, but usually all the hot girls at the tables. So you know, um, an exception maybe Taiwan in Taipei. There's the nightlife in Taipei certainly is quite good. Um, I'd have to say, um, and uh, unfortunately, I was only to to do that for a few days. Um, but, but yeah. So, good implies not based on ter- table service. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, if you have to pay a certain amount of dollars in order to have fun anywhere, that's generally not worth it, in my opinion. Where is most worth it for you then? I think we're both frugally minded here, so I'd love to hear. Yeah, I mean, like for example, right before before we left um, for this Hawaii trip on Friday, there was like yeah, this like uh, there was a happy hour at Mission, right? So if you if we had showed up early, would we we could have gotten there for the happy hour and be able to stay later for the nightclub, right? So that probably would be the most ideal option. Because hopefully you've already talked to some people there. They plan on also staying until like the club part starts. Um, that'd be the most ideal. Um, but if not that, I mean, I mean sometimes like you just gotta bite the bullet and pay the twenty dollar cover. You know, I mean, in my mind, you know, there's if you work like uh, one of the reasons you work right is to make money, and so you can afford to occasionally fork over cover at clubs right it's like you know something sometimes you can't just know you can't get around it um but there are some other freer options maru uh, i mean ichi seller was a ten dollar cover but you get a free drink so it kind of balances out um but i mean i i don't i don't like i'm not like speaking here as you know a new york city nightlife professional right it's just i'm i'm here purely as you know a young professional who occasionally enjoys going out right so where is your value pick you've listed a couple of names value you sound pick. a little bit like an expert so i'm going to ask for your expert pick here well, kevin i i just said i wasn't an expert in my previous comment but i'm reading between the lines if you uh if you had to force me value pick uh that's tough uh I mean, I guess value in terms of not paying any money, Maru, because it is packed, 
and you don't pay any cover. However, there is a high likelihood that there's a lot of dudes there. So, um, but it is free. So it's like, worst comes to worst, you just waste a few hours of your life and nothing out of your bank account. So I, I guess that would be it. Where will I see you on a Friday night then? Uh, probably in the evening, potentially at a museum or on a date um, or, or yeah, I mean, there are times where Friday night is when, you know, the boys go out to go to the club. I may join them. I may not join them, but yeah, something like that. You never go and organize the boys? What do you mean? You're not, you're never the one to call the boys in. No, that takes, like I said, right? I'm not, if I don't go to the club, I'm not upset about it, right? I'm not unhappy. Um, you know, so for me, it's not like I have to go. That's why I'm not like itching to organize, you know, rally the troops and go out, right? I'm just, you know, if they're going out, then that's great. And I'll certainly, you know, tag along. But yeah, like I'm not going to be the one who like, yeah, organizes things. Because simply, I, I just don't care enough. I guess. Okay. I think it's time to wrap up here. Wiley, thank you so much for your input today. Yeah, Kevin, I think this has been a pretty awesome uh, first podcast. I think one thing we need to do is uh, give ourselves a name, right? We, we, we can't be referring to the podcast in this very abstract way. I think we need some sort of name. So we'll have to think about that going Taking forward. Taking any suggestions from anybody who may listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think according to Brett, Fags is out for good reason. So, uh, all right. This, is, uh, this has been Wiley and Kevin, and talk to you next time. All right, thanks.